Welcome on into a special Detroit Lions edition of Spock Sports Show. Yeah, we don't talk about it much. You can usually get this news anywhere. However, last night, myself, happened to be in the building. So fortunate, my buddy Gursky hooked me up with Ticket. Also, my main man, Easton Yunker, girls basketball coach at Beale City, was there as well. And so him and I got together earlier today for lunch to talk about what it was like to be there for the first Detroit Lions playoff victory of his life and just the second of my life since back when I was a young, young pup. Here's our conversation. Chris Bachman hanging out with Easton Yunker at my second home, Bird Bar and Grill, downtown Mount Pleasant. And it was one of those, yeah, we're talking a little Beale City girls basketball, but there was one other man, let's I tie five for it, right? There was one other guy that I saw last night at Ford Field for the Detroit Lions first playoff victory. Actually, how old are you, Easton? 21. So you weren't even alive. You know, no, I was not alive. Yeah, I would have been like six, seven years old when that happened. And here's a cool stat that I, you know, I give out on the Central Concrete Sports Report. There was one Lions player alive during the that. last time we won a playoff game. And who was that? Uh, it was the uh, uh, Brockens or something. Like okay. he's 36-year-old guy or whatever from, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember. You know, he's, he's been a bit of journeyman guy 12th year in the league. But every other guy wasn't even alive. The last time the Lions won an NFL playoff game. And so, you know, for you, Easton, what, what was it like down there? You know, it was just – The energy right when you got down there was – it was it was loud and everybody was excited. There wasn't – it wasn't a nervous energy by no means. Nobody was, you know, holding anything back because they are afraid. It was a pretty confident energy in the stadium. Um, and it was awesome. When the Lions first came out, it was just so, so cool. And uh, did you get one of the wristbands yeah. that had the light-up stuff on it? I actually thought I had left mine somewhere. It was in my pocket the whole time, and I, I, I kind of regret not, not putting it on. My buddy Gursky was making fun of me or whatever, but I didn't realize how cool that was going to be. You know, and as a radio guy, the way that it was synced up to the music and stuff, it, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, so if there's anybody watching the game last night and were wondering what is all that flashing light going on there, every person who came in, Got like a light-up wristband from Detroit Henry Ford Hospital, I believe it was, and it was synced together with the music. And so even when we were loud and clapping and cheering, that bass would kind of set them off sometimes. We had the dude from uh, 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 Red Hot Chili Red Peppers, Hot Chili Peppers out there playing the drums. It, it was going off. It was just so cool, so electric. And then when the lights went down and the lions came out and all those things were flashing out there, it was it was just a pretty special feeling. Uh, I got goosebumps. I imagine you did too. Oh, absolutely. It was the, you know, I've never been to a professional sports game that ever meant anything. So to be at this game was incredible because the energy is so different than just a regular season. Lions game is as intense and as fun as those as that really is. This was like a whole different level of stress and intensity. Yeah. And all week long, everybody was talking, you know, no Stafford jerseys. No, st- There really was not. Any no. the Lions Stafford jersey? There was a few people that had the nine, and then they kind of covered it up, put their own name. There's some people who made yep. them in a you know a J, uh, JMO jersey or whatever. But I was impressed with how many people because my whole thing was is those jerseys aren't cheap, you know. And so if there's somebody out there that you know bought themselves a Stafford jersey, and that's the jersey, they I saw some Herman Moore jersey, you yeah. know what I mean? Yep, so yep. You, you know that that was kind of my thoughts on it. But nobody really, and I think that just kind of talks about the camaraderie that was that was down there, and I think that's what makes going to those type of events special. Like I said, you and I didn't have the greatest seats, and there's not a bad view in there. But the you know the hour before the game, like running into you, you know, you know what I mean? That, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that it's all about. Yeah, it was, it was so cool to see everybody so happy and ready to watch. 
And then when the game started, I mean, everybody sitting next to you was so involved. I mean, we were high-fiving everybody. There were people two rows in front of us that are turning around looking for high-fives after touchdowns. And it's like, this is this is so much fun because we're all together and we're all enjoying this. I, I discussed, and it's, it's uh, a comparison. I think it's the closest thing we now have in like the modern age to like gladiator fights and coliseums. I think the, the, the playoff football is that intense and electric and there's that many emotions going yep. on. And, and there's something about football too that, you know, the, the, this, it's the same feeling with Beale City High School football, you, you know what I mean? And then you, you move it up to the college football. But then, you know, when you're in the, you know, I'll even say the lower, the lower half of Michigan, Detroit Lions, they're, they're that team that like every, you know, there's some people that don't pay attention to the Pistons, don't pay attention to the Tigers, Red Wings. Everybody pays attention to the Lions. You know, it's the only thing going on that Sunday. And gosh, you know, do, do you have a favorite moment of the game like that, that you kind of think about? Uh, I have a least favorite moment. I've got plenty of those. <laughs> uh, a favorite moment, I could say any, I mean, the Amon Ra last catch. I'm going to go yeah. with the uh, last rifle to Amon Ra for the first down. Um, how poetic for our guy who's been an automatic first down almost every time he's targeted for the last two years. It's like a like a sixty percent chance it's gonna be a first down, and he is just. It's a little bit lower. I don't. Hey, the stat well, that was crazy. I like I like that you year. dropped that. Like I said, I dropped the stat about the age. That's a stat right there. Like yeah. I said, I'm on Ross St. Brady. I think it's like over fifty percent. It, it's an insanely high number, and and how how awesome. And he came up big in multiple third downs uh, for the big first down catch, yeah. and to end the game with him making the catch after you know not scoring a touchdown all game, but he's still our star. Um, it was awesome to see that connection. And to even have Goff seal it, make the last throw, yep. it was just so, so awesome. Speaking of stars, Puka Nakua. Oh, my gosh. Did he oh. torch us? They were running. They, If we were in man, they would torch us on some of those rub routes with him and Cup. Every we, time. He would go he, underneath, and Cup would go over, and our corner would just get caught a step behind. But then when we went zone, he was just finding all the openings. He was he was torching us in every – I mean, he's not yeah. the rookie receiving record. Well, right And he there. broke the uh, receiving records yardage for a rookie in a playoff game, too. And yes. so – he kind of owns every single rookie receiving record, which sixth so round pick. Weird. It's just crazy to think about. Uh, it's the Stafford effect, right? It's. Hey, I mean, it has to be. Well, you look so at you, Calvin Johnson. You look at Golden Tate. You look at Cooper Cup. You go, and now all the way to Puka Nakua. If you are Stafford's number one guy, you're going to be great. And granted, Puka is his number two on some days. Like he, he hasn't <laughs> even been his number one the whole time. Yeah, I like that you pointed that out because, like I said, if you know people want to. Talk about, you know, how good is Matt Stafford? Is he a Hall of Famer? Well, the greatest rookie wide receiver season is with Matthew Stafford. The two greatest wide receiver seasons are with Matthew Stafford. I think that kind of says, and he torched us. He threw for 467 yards. The one particular throw he had was like the third and 12 where he was kind of going down. He was throwing it to the out route. It was just one of those that I remember we kind of, you know, share a glance with somebody a row or two. That's like, that's why he's still the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I love me some Jared Goff, and he's doing great things. But, man, that Stafford guy's uh, – and my buddy you know, said it on the way home. He's just a dog. Yeah, so was that the one after the like the holding call that yep. moved him back? Yeah, third and 12, huge throw. I looked to the guy on my right, and I was like, yep, watched him do that for a few years here. Like, that ain't no surprise. I should have expected that. And it was, I, there was a couple points in the game where I almost felt myself feeling bad for Matt Stafford of like – Man, doesn't matter if he's in Detroit. Doesn't matter if he's in L.A. He's always down fourteen, trying to seriously, you know trying to make a comeback. Seriously. But he made a comeback, and then he got hit hard. And it's one of those that I think you know. Why did he go back in that game? I really don't know. I think he was probably concussed. I heard him saying on the radio, "Well, it's the playoffs," and it's like, well, 
from what we're learning about this stuff, it probably should have been Carson Wentz going in there, but it wasn't. Stafford came in there, continued to make plays, but the defense came up huge. Three field goals we held them to in the red zone. That was, that was kind of the difference in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we didn't score in the second half, right? Yep. Uh, so for, for to hold them to three field goals, especially a Stafford-led football team, keep them out of the end zone. I mean, there were multiple times where we got down and was in the 20. It's like, Oh man! Even the energy in the, the stadium might have been down because yep. they just marched up the field after we were, you know, cheering so loudly, and then all of a sudden they get to the twenty, and it's like, oh, now we make our stop. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's better, better no at no time at all. And uh, the nerves in the second half they oh, they yeah. were there for sure. Like I said it was still a great intensity. It was still very loud, but there was one point in that game where it looked like we were going to go up twenty-one-three. And it looked like, man, we were just going to roll and sing you know, the Lions fight song. Actually, do you sing the Lions fight oh, yeah. song? All right, oh, yeah. me, that's, I was trying to get my buddy Gursky to sing. He's like, no, oh, man, he I'm not. Sing it. He didn't sing it, man. But we'll, you know, maybe next time we get him down there. But And we won't, we'll, we'll save everybody from doing it here on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. podcast or whatever. But I was telling him, I was like, it's one of those songs that, yes, it's so dumb, but it's so easy to sing. It's so fun to sing, and everybody around you sing it as well. That's I think that was my favorite part of the game was after the very first Lions touchdown. Everybody, everybody singing that, and then when the the Rams came out for that first drive, and this is the thing. This is the real reason why I want to talk to you because I don't know how to describe how loud 118 decibels is when you're in the middle of it. it, it it's and you don't realize it if you're yelling with it, it. You don't you don't realize it. But you if you take a second and kind of sit there and you go, man, 118 decibels, and then you really like feel like you know you kind of you ground yourself, you know, be in the moment, and it's like my ears are vibrating and rumbling, and they actually hurt. And you yeah. don't even realize because you're so pumped up. Did you find yourself turning up the radio a couple of more octanes yes. this morning? I, yes. I did myself too. I'm like, man, is that is the station really quiet? I'm like, no, that's probably my ears being, and that's why I don't like to go to those indoor concerts. I'll say is because it's just it's just too darn loud in there. And actually, so you I leave and you're still screaming. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. in the car and you're yelling at the people in the front seat. Yeah, and I, and I was telling you, and this is future advice to everybody that you know, my buddy and I watched the last two three minutes on the concourse so we could we get out of there early. When they had it, you know, down near the goal line on the last drive, that was so loud that we could feel the concrete shaking below us. No way. And it was, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, there's the old Bible stories about bringing the wall of the city down or whatever. And I remember thinking, you know, like Bible stories, you know, podcast for another day. But you can crumble, you know what I mean? You can't crumble something with noise. And to be able to feel the, the vibration on our feet, I remember my girls guys looked at each other and was like, Wow, you know, and that was, and that was something I didn't think was, you know, like I said, I was, I'm always that guy that's going to be close to the exit towards these games. Like I said, I, I, what time did you get home? Four a.m. I got home at one thirty. That, that's the difference <laughs> that's right the difference. there of watching the game right right near the exit. And I'll do it. And I'll do it every time, you, you know. Um, but I remember I didn't think about it, but I just remember us looking at each other and being like, "What? Like they're shaking the earth right now. This stadium is shaking the earth right now. And just a really, really cool feeling. And uh, who was your MVP of that game? I am. I'm going to go with the running backs. I'm just going to go both the of them. combo. I'm of going them. to go yep. uh, the combo. Yeah, they set the tone right away in the first half. Both of them getting their their touchdown extremely early. And you know, in the second half, I, I'm talking to my dad, and he talks about um, conservative play calling. He says, you know, it just felt like you know we we, we could try to quit trying to win. And I thought to myself, I said, yeah, I think our play calling is always conservative. Our play calling is based on the run. If the run is working, our play calling looks awesome. If the run's not working, 
play calling doesn't look great, and it looks conservative because we keep trying to run the ball to get it, and then we're only getting two yep. or three yards. If if you take away Detroit's run, the offense stalls. I mean, big time. And I think that's more of what we saw in the second half. I wouldn't consider it conservative play calling, but the running backs set the tone right there in the first half to force the attention to be put and, on the run. And, and I think you you saying that too is you know what we saw from Stafford in that game. We didn't you know, want to keep him off the field as much as, much as we can. Took said he dude threw for four hundred and sixty seven yards. It's just when you think about that, it's crazy that we came away with a twenty four twenty three victory. Bad just uh, and Goff had what two sixty six two sixty seven something yeah, like 277, that. Something like that. And so yeah, they ended up outgaining us. Like I said, it was those defensive stands. And I think a guy who was. A little bit of an unsung hero was Aiden Hutchinson. Now, the, the one sack he got was when Stafford fell down. The other one was legit, but he was also had two holding calls that yep, got called against time. him, too. And in particular, on that last drive that they had, it backed him up, took him out of field goal range to yes. possibly take. And I was still very surprised they didn't go for the 60-yard field goal. But I, so here's another stat. They've got the most missed field, field goals, goals and extra year. points since, like, 2001. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was that was playing in their mind. But I also feel like that's why you should have gone out and got yourself a different kicker at some point in the season because 60-yard field goals indoors, well, we've seen a 67-yarder break. I saw our, that live. I was there. I yeah, was there for yeah, that game. We saw Justin Tucker break our hearts. And so I'm really surprised that they – they didn't go for it in particular when it became third down and 14 not to go for that medium-range play to try and set up that field goal. But I think they thought they were going to get it back with 4-10 left. But I looked. They only had that one timeout because they had to burn yeah. a couple. And they that, should have had to burn that one timeout because yep. the, the the ghost timeout called by the refs uh, <sighs> earlier yeah. where the stadium gets so loud, McVay starts running on the field, and the refs just stop the game. And it's a 30-second water break for everybody. And... Okay, where's so timeout to the Rams, right? Yep. Okay. I, but yeah, why, I, when's that timeout going to come off? When the board? was? Yep. I kept looking at you know. So they only got another guy behind me. Says no, they already used their second timeout, and I, was, huh? Why? Well, and I remember thinking to myself, well, not bad for our defense. To, and I guess it did turn out well for you know we forced him to another field goal there. Yeah, so we, you're so right. we got that stop on third day. Maybe it was a, you know blessing in disguise. But yeah, that was. But it should have been a delay game. Yep. Should have been a third and thirteen. And that was that was know, about the loudest the stadium had. And actually, that's one of the that might have been the last thing I posted on the video last night. I was like, it is way too loud in here. You're you're darn right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the other loud moment was that false start at yep. the uh, end of the first half. The false start that was clearly um, encroachment. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I forget. That, that just slipped my mind right I mean, there for was, a second. That was another score. We yeah. were scoring on that drive. In the first half, they could not stop us. That was going to be a score, and they got it wrong. The whole stadium goes crazy. Uh, yeah. and the boos rain in. And again, <laughs> it, what is up with how does how many bad calls were against the Rams last, oh, well, night, last night? Well, this is one of those things that since we're, since we're talking Lions podcast, I'll say, you know, you go all the way back to the Calvin catch, no catch. I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about there. Yep. So you have that play. I think it's the year after that, two years after that. You have the play Thanksgiving where the Houston running back's knee is down. Mm-hmm. He ends up running 70 yards to the end zone. Caldwell throws the flag. No, we're not going to challenge it because you can't throw the challenge flag. I, I just still raise my arms in the air. And we end up missing the playoffs by one game that year. And, you know, there's the Ty Montgomery where he fields the kick with his feet out of bounds so they get better field position. The the number of the Seahawks batting the ball out of bounds there's in the back the of the end zone. Defense running, not looking, not getting his head turned around. That, the the ball. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, yeah, that, and that was the Dallas Cowboys playoff. Ugh, we'll just leave it at that. And then the one that happened with the, the you know, not reporting. Yeah, we'll just, yep. I just, Whatever that was. Yep. It, it's, you know, when those things happen, it, it's it sucks. I don't like to use more vulgar language than that, but it, there's not really another way to say it as a Lions fan. But I feel like 
makes this even sweeter. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the guy I was sitting next to two guys. He's a Detroit Lions dad and a L.A. Rams son. And you know he grew up on Marshall Falk, and so I gave him a little, little bit of a break or whatever because he was quite the, quite the player to watch. But I remember talking to his dad, and he said, "I'm trying to tell him that, you know, the hard times make the the good times even better when Sweet. you're a fan." So, and that's what that's exactly what all Lions fans are experiencing right now. How fun it is when you've got a group who a loves Detroit. I mean, this group that's part of the whole thing is that they they did an awesome job getting that whole city behind them with the way they came in and wanted it so badly. When they put Barry up on that screen. Oh my word. Oh, Eminem. When oh. they put Eminem up oh, there, the man. place goes crazy. And I was still during Chaz Smith's performance. I was like, does he go right into lose yourself? Like does when Eminem they, yeah. come out? When they put up even him the tweet, you know, let's, yes. you know, MF and go Detroit, even this went crazy there too. And it was, uh, what was I thought to myself? I'm like, man, I want, I want them to bring out Barry and Eminem at the same time. Could you Just, imagine? Oh man. The that place would have gone nuts. Yeah. And Barry is such a treat to see back in Detroit and back around and you, getting out there. You could see it in his face too. He, he likes that, it. He's, well, he's well, enjoying I think we, we, I think we were so damn loud, we might have got to him a little bit there, too, with that one. Because, I mean, the Barry chance, he heard him a long time. But that was that was just as loud as he's ever heard it before. Absolutely. 120 decibels in there. Man, that was that was just bonkers. It's, it's awesome the way we're showing appreciation to guys like him and CJ who have now come back you know, out of the woods to really yep. support this Lions group. Um, what did you think of the uh, Stafford uh, treatment? What do you think of the way we treated Stafford? So I was ready to cheer him coming out, you, you know what I mean, in the pregame or whatever, but that was obviously, you, you know, not going to happen. It wasn't you know, a universal thought. No, people took it a different way, but I don't think that was hate of Stafford. I think it was support for our boy Jared Goff, as we heard a number of Jared Goff chants mm-hmm. during, and you don't realize how good of a chant, Jared Goff. Jared got but darn it, it, were, it, it works totally pretty works. darn well down there, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's it, yeah. So I, I I don't think that the hate for Stafford was there. You know, like I said, there was the there was the one time he got sacked pretty hard, and they showed it. But the the time he got injured, they didn't show that up on the mm-hmm. big screen because I don't I don't think anybody really wanted to see that. No, and it was to me, it's like that is the game. You know, this is playoff football. We have to go through you. Sadly, Stafford, you're on the other end. If this was, we're going to treat you, and this is the way you should come into it, we're going to treat you the way we would treat any other quarterback yep. that's going to come in here. We would have booed anybody. If that's Trevor Lawrence, we are booing him. You know what I mean? So I, that's where I felt like, and I think Stafford probably feels the same way. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. You saw his post-game interviews. He, was all, he seemed pretty okay. Um, and we get him at home next year. Let's do our whole. Let's let's the, love Stafford next year. Yep. This is the playoffs, and, dude. We haven't won in yeah. thirty years. I wouldn't have mind. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso or not, but there's the the final episode. They do like a montage for the players before this game, and so then okay. they show the guy. They're all crying when they're lined up. I wouldn't have mind trying to bring him to tears yep. in, the, in the pregame to throw him off his game because man, he was on his game. But so were the Detroit Lions. Like man, again, I I think about him throwing 467 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. They don't turn it over. How do we win that game? We've done that four weeks, right? Yeah. Haven't we given up? A, I mean, C.D. Lamb did it to us, yeah. uh, Jets. I mean, we, we have struggled against these receivers. I tell you what, we'll take some credit, baby, because we were down there to see yeah, it, man. That real. was so much fun. For real. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk some Beale City hoops in another week or two. Actually, who you guys got coming up this week? Wet, weather pending. Oh, uh, we play Friday. I don't know exactly against who right this All second right. off the top of my head. Hey, you're focused on practice tomorrow yeah, after the snow day today. I'm sick of missing practice so many days. <laughs> we were supposed to have four straight days. would have been awesome. Would've hey, been but awesome. I think when you found out you had 
today off yesterday. Did that kind of open things up, or were you already going to the game? No, I guess yeah. There's the last oh, thing I was going, no matter what. All right, all right. Yeah. And so for me, it's actually kind of Buddy Gursky, you know, talking with them. I think it was gosh it was Friday, maybe even going into Saturday, and he says, you know, we're talking about how awesome it is, and he calls me, says, we should go, and I'm like, I can't. I don't, and he's like, I got it. He's like, we're going, you know, da da da. And so I remember I call Sean. I'm like, hey Sean, I'm like. Being late Monday, you know, that he's like, you got the remote at the casino, man, for the new, you know, the new food court opening up. And then Sean's like, you still got to go. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can power through it one day. And so I'm a little tired today, but oh, man, was it worth it for that experience last night? Yeah, the only thing I did was the last Sunday we were looking at tickets, it was the whole, well, what if they play on Monday night? It was like, I, I would have to miss. Like, I, there was no chance I would. I would, you know, skip practice to yep. go to a football game or, or move practice to go to a football game. So I was like, oh, just please be on Sunday so I can go. If so not, it worked and, out. and it's worked out totally perfect. Eight o'clock game, best game in the whole country that night. Yeah, and that's, awesome. uh, I think, you know, you and I hopefully going to have a lot of great memories in our life, but I think that's going to be something that's always top 10, top 20 in my lifetime. That that day down there, that moment, that was just, or as a sports fan, I should say, that's going to be top five probably all time. That was just mm-hmm. pretty darn special. That was so much fun. It was awesome. Electric. Electric. Yeah. All right, East. I, I think that electric is the word to yeah. end it with, and hopefully electric again next week, yeah. man. That would be awesome. Easton, thanks so much for just uh, shooting the breeze with me about mm-hmm. the Lions, baby. Time to go watch some film. Let's do it's it. Time for me to go watch some film. <laughs> Another big, big thank you to Easton taking some time to chat with me about oh, just what a great, great day. What a great event to attend. Detroit Lions 24-23 over the L.A. Rams. Back more Spock Sports Show soon. Talking more high school sports in the mid-Michigan area. And maybe you'll be lucky enough to go down there next week and we talk about another Lions victory. Thanks so much. Tune in to another Spock Sports Show. Back with you soon. And as always, we are brought to you by Barberry Law Firm. Every case they take, they take personally. If you've got legal questions... And you don't know what to do My attorney is Joe Barbary He can be yours too Hi, this is Joe Barbary Here's a motor vehicle accident tip If you've been injured in an auto accident You don't have to go to Detroit To get the best legal team to represent you Myself and my staff have been doing auto accidents In the central Michigan area for over 30 years Most people I know don't want to drive 150 miles To meet with somebody that they've never met before If you retain us at Barbary Law You'll meet with an attorney face to face And you'll be minutes away from doing so So keep that in mind If you're injured or God forbid a loved one is injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident. Contact Barbara Law and we'll take care of you. My attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours too. Thank you for listening to Spock Sports Show with Chris Spockman. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views, opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, affiliates, and My1043 or Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.